You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the podcast today. Today, we're trying something a little bit different. Today, we are debuting some music, and this music is not my own music. Today, we are checking out some music from Boy Indigo. That's a project by my friend Devon Blue, and today we have Devon and Chelsea Baker, his bassist and friend and co you know, creative companion on the show today to talk about Boy Indigo, and we're going to play a couple tracks, talk about how those were produced, how they were written, how they were created, and yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really, really excited to give it a try. I just want to take a quick moment to thank this show's sponsor, Sweetwater, because they are making this possible. These tracks are not available anywhere else currently. So this is a first. We are actually debuting these songs on the podcast, and Sweetwater is making that possible. They're helping support these creatives and helping support this show. So huge shout out to Sweetwater for being such an awesome partner and also, you know, coming on this experimental podcast music train with us. It's been absolutely awesome, and we could not have done it without their support. So thank you very much to Sweetwater for that. Okay, without further ado, let's get into this very special episode of the Tone Mob podcast with Devon and Chelsea from Boy Indigo. We're going to check out some tracks. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be awesome. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast. And this is a different one. We have a different little format going on today. This is a new thing we're trying out, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Today I have returning for like, I don't know, the sixth time. I have no idea how many times you've been on Devon. <laughs> Devon's been on a bunch and uh, he brought with him today Chelsea, his bandmate in the Project Boy Indigo that we've talked about here and there on in various tone mob formats on the internet. And we're going to go through some songs today and uh, it should be should be a lot of fun but maybe before we do Chelsea why don't you introduce yourself a little bit since you've never been on the show well Blake thank you for having me on the show I'm super excited <laughs> um hi I'm Chelsea I play bass with this guy over here Devon um in Boy Indigo and uh we've been we've been doing this for how many years going on four years now five years i think yeah it's it's been a while i think it's like three or four we're best buds and it's a lot of fun (laughs) and we're super weird together woohoo perfect perfect (laughs) (laughs) so you've been playing bass just for boy and you've been doing other things too um no i've been playing bass for wow um 19 years 
I've been in a few different projects, um, Northern California and Southern California. Um, been on the road quite a few times and I've done the whole thing. It's It's been a lot of fun. Um, and this this project has been like a calling to me. Um, I've been in different like yeah. rock bands, blues rock bands, uh, but this music just, it, it really, it's my passion project. When Devon and I started jamming with a couple friends, um, it really just, like my heart sang. I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, this is, this is awesome. I, I really enjoy this project the most out of all of the projects I've been in. Not to say that they're bad at all. I had the time of my life in the last 19 years. <laughs> I know but, what yeah. you mean. Like I, uh, <laughs> you know, Devon and I were friends through like the gear stuff. And when I saw him post something about Boy Indigo, I was like, all right, I'm going to go check this out. Let's see what this is. And, you know, I'm fortunate that a lot of people that I know on the interwebs and, you know, in real life, too, they they do music type things. And, you know, I like to check out all my friends' projects. But once in a while, one grabs you. And I think I texted Devon. I was like, I've listened to this like 12 times. <laughs> yes. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like this, it's different, you mm -hmm. know, but yeah. catchy at the same time. I talk, it's very hard to categorize, which I think makes it fun. It and, pulls uh, on your heartstrings. It really does. And like, whatever mood you're in, I feel like there's a song for that in Boy Indigo and I've done the same thing like at night in my dark room playing in bed. <laughs> so I'll emo. just put on <laughs> so emo. So <laughs> but it's so good. You but guys now don't I don't know how I, like, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it just really puts me in a trance, you know. It it really it's more than music. It's an experience. That's kind of how I view Boy Indigo. Yeah, when Blake first heard it, he was like, this isn't normally in my wheelhouse, and I don't really quite know what it is, but I like it. And I was <laughs> like, you know, I, that, that's, that's, that's high praise uh, indeed, you know, because I know that you, uh, you have to listen to, uh, I know you and yourself, like in your spare time, like I, I know that you are a ferocious music consumer. And I know you do lots of interviews with other musicians, so you have to be acquainted with their work. So when you told me that you, you liked, you know, our our music, um, it couldn't have come at a better time because it was the first time we actually started um, putting anything out. And we've been kind of slowly putting things out. And um, this was actually the first project that I've been in where, like, um, where I was, I wanted to to put the music out. I started doing, you know, these EPs. I, I think I've done like three EPs on my own. And each time at the end of the EP, you know, I would, I would take all of the songs and all of the artwork and everything, all of the stems and put it on a folder on my desktop and go through it, listen to it and, and delete it. And I deleted, deleted. <laughs> I know. Oh um, man. I, I've done that three times. I told him I would never do music with him again if he deleted <laughs> any of our stuff. So he hasn't yet. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't. I haven't yet. And that was that was part of it, too. Like uh, 
with this project was to, for me, for from a psychological standpoint, you know, I wanted to do music with people that like I respected and and that I admired because, you know, if I respected them and their time, like the best way to to show to honor their time is to push the music out and um, to do everything I can with regard to um, promoting it. You know, like that's the the ultimate and and showing them that like their time wasn't wasted on me and in this project and um it's it's been a crazy crazy kind of kind of road um in in this whole thing you know coming from the whole gear thing just doing gear demos and stuff like that too you know working on actual music videos and trying to do short films and and everything like that it's been crazy it's been a crazy experience i think for both of us because you know chelsea now you know during the course of all of this like chelsea's become a a great painter you know and like that's become her you know her livelihood this is this is what she does to make to make ends meet you know she's she's an artist now so she she paints for for a living and it was really cool to see you know that maturation in motion you know like and we're both kind of like really self-sufficient on uh, based off of the the arts like i think when we first started up the band i was just now kind of getting in getting into doing um some of the the demo things and i never thought that it would be anything i had a day job as well and just by virtue of like the gear community and their acceptance and you know their just really their encouragement i was able to kind of take that and then start shooting stuff for commercials and shooting stuff for a few little small tv shows and then music videos and then now like this is you know neither one of us have regular day jobs we we get to survive exclusively you know based off of the merits of our our art and i think that that's important for 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 a lot of people out there to to realize that it can happen for you anytime in your life you know like if you love a thing uh, enough and you're willing to put yourself out there for it um it, it will pay you back um so that's huge and then another thing was just being in this project starting up new passions or continuing old passions and then kind of incorporating all of that you know devon's uh, videography skills and and my artistic creative skills you know we've been able to put that into our music and to our project and and have it not just be music but also our art and our videography skills and um you know c costume and set design i mean right, like all yeah. of it and we've been able to just throw it in with boy indigo and it's just been it's been really amazing and i'm super grateful that i have uh, someone in the band my partner musical musician musical partner sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited i can't even talk um my musical partner who actually sees my skills that's a hard thing you know being in a band and being able to like 
really mesh with everyone in the band it's like a relationship it's like yeah. you know you you bring out your skills like hey i got this cool idea and they're like yeah whatever but not with devon like i give him an idea and he you know he goes with it and he appreciates my ideas and that's really hard to find in in a band and and then i do the same with with his amazing artistic skills and it's just it's a and that's a huge thing to make any project you know bigger is just having the relationship inside the project be so just like two heads are better than one three three heads are better than two you know like with those specific people that are in this project with you it just magnifies it yeah and we'll 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 get uh, an opportunity to kind of like go into greater detail on like how how the arts uh affect and and everything um affect even these songs on an individual basis you know like um I know a lot of the people in the gear community are like, all right, well, tell us about the gear. What did you guys use on these things? So um, we're going to play for the Tone Mob audience exclusively like an, an EP. And it's it's pretty rough. It's not mixed. It's not mastered. It's just this was how it sounded recorded here in our little studio. And we'll talk about like the process and we'll talk about some of the gear and then you know, at the end of all of this, we'll we'll talk about a music video that we we produce, which was the culmination of all of our our artistic you know narratives and and, and ideals, and um, yeah, yeah. The videos the video is awesome, and I'm really excited to talk in in more detail about the the nitty gritty stuff because Devon just clued me into some things yesterday that I didn't know, and I'm I want to get into all that, but we'll save that for the end. Um, one thing before we get into this first song real quick, Chelsea, I want to ask you this. This is the first time you and I have ever spoke mm -hmm. and I want to get, I want to see if your perspective is the same as mine. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm not just saying this to try to make you blush there, Devon, but uh, <laughs> I've oh. found this, this dude to be one of the most inspiring people that I've ever gotten to talk to. He is a big, huge part of the reason that I have like taken the bull by the horns with my own music and started to try to actually just make music to make music again and not to just show off the latest overdrive pedal, which I love showing off the latest overdrive pedal. But <laughs> this last the last few months for me have been like kind of a reawakening of like, oh, I, I do know how to kind of make songs and create things that some people like to listen to and he's been a huge a uh, huge driver for me is i i kind of detect in your voice that you might have a similar feeling yes um he has been a huge light in my life and he's inspired me so much i mean not only is he like super talented and he's so humble about it it's ridiculous and <laughs> um, but yeah. he also you know like i said before he I, I come up with these weird ideas um my creativity and uh musical inspiration is just a little it's a little weird i'm i'm an offbeat i'm okay with that and and he is too and he sees my ideas as something more than just you know, it's something in my head and he 
brings it out of me, which was very hard to find in a lot of musical projects that I've been in in the past. I haven't really been able to show my true colors. And uh, that's why that's why he is a huge influence in my life is because he he helps me. He, he's the driver. Yeah, he he helps me um, bring out my true creativity. And it, it's an amazing thing. And I do the same for him. I'm sure he's told me before. She's because... far more detail oriented than I am. She's, <laughs> like, she's like, why is the, she'll be like the, <laughs> the kick drum and the bass are not hitting at the same time. And your snare is way over there. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, we help All each right. other. Yeah, out. we help. Each other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love it. I love. It. I just wanted to get that out there because I uh, and I congratulations. Wanted to, I wanted to say it publicly. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Well, to do. likewise though to you though. Congratulations on all your your success with like this recent, you know, uh, you know, kind of artistic offering that you've given, and I understand that you have been kind of smitten by the process so much that you, you, you might be coming out with something else uh, pretty soon. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I've got one. Thank you. Thank you. I've got one, one track in the bag. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I've talked about this a little bit here and there, but this next thing I want to do, I want it to be everything to be a collaboration. So ev this, first weirdo thing i did was all it was a weird project it was made to be listened to the listeners know all this they're probably tired of me talking about it but uh it was <laughs> it was made you. to to be listened to all at once and kind of create a story of sorts and this is going to be a lot more disjointed because the variety of people i'm working with have, are bringing so many different things to the table that there's it's going to be extremely not cohesive but i think it will be a really cool range of things uh yeah it's it's in its very very early stages but there's a lot of there's a lot of irons in the fire regarding it so we'll see it'll still be an american cyclops thing but it it's not going to probably be it's not probably going to have a lot in common with the first release so we'll see what happens but we're not here to talk about my stuff we're here to talk about your stuff let's get into this first track Here comes a wolf in your garden It's a beast of prey
Okay. So Devon knows this. Chelsea, this is one of my favorite songs that he has sent me. He sent me a bunch of stuff. But this one, I was standing on my little porch thing at night, just kind of chilling and listening to this thing. I was like, this, now this is my kind of thing. Like this, this one just immediately grabbed me. So maybe talk about the process behind this one. How did it start? Well, it's, um, it, I think most of the ideas kind of start off with like some sort of something that like, like, um, maybe it's like just the, so the opening guitar riff, which is, I think it's like a C sharp major seven kind of thing. And I'm using the shallow water. Um, I'm using mm-hmm. the shallow water on that one. And um, it started off as like, uh, it was just going to be kind of like a, a simple kind of thing. And uh, I sent it to Chelsea and she says she, she actually really liked it. And I was like, all right, well then we should, we should do something with this. And uh, this track in particular is probably far more, um, I would say, there's more energy and it's far more aggressive mm-hmm. than than the rest uh, of our tunes. So this is probably, and it's it's interesting because this is the most recent of the songs that we've we've done, and um, we enjoyed the energy of this. I think we're, we're probably going to try to come out with probably um, maybe a few more tracks like that. But in terms of uh, in, in terms of it, yeah, so it, it started off with just that little drone thing, and then Chelsea came in and added some bass, and her bass was like like some, some good old-fashioned kind of more rock and roll kind of bass. So then I was like, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to take it that way. Um, yeah, it's definitely a little more aggressive for sure than a lot of our other music, and it's perfect with the lyrics because – it kind of shows that aggression it through the lyrics and the music. Um, but yeah, we just, it's usually, it's usually what happens is like, he'll, um, he'll come up with a, a cool riff, send it over to me and be like, what do you think? I'm like, of course I love it, you know? And then I'll come in and do bass. Um, sometimes, with this one, did we go with the um, the lyrics, the bass? Yeah, so that's always yeah. the interesting thing with with the bass. So the bass is um, the bass, like drum and bass, is probably uh, the most important thing in modern music. Um, so we always kind of more or less lead with that, and then the vocals are always kind of like then the vocals are are. are important and then guitars and any other ambient effects like keys and things like that those are always kind of like it's more like the icing on the cake like uh, with a lot of modern music a lot of modern production uh top 40 stuff drum and bass is pretty much paramount so when it comes to her bass it's like the bass will either follow the vocal melody or it'll definitively follow or accentuate whatever the the chord melody is. Um, And to that, guitar-wise, I always kind of hold back, like kind of play back a little bit. Like I'm not playing full chords. If if there are chords at all in the songs, it's usually kind of like a root third kind of thing. And um, 
that that's pretty much the process for this one though for the bass on this it was really hard finding like a good fuzz pedal or distortion pedal for for bass um i went through i remember going through a bunch of them i mean i had a bunch of i had a bunch of kind of rat like things and we had the chase bliss uh we had a lot of stuff actually out here but we ended up using on that one i just i wanted something that just sounded like your speaker was breaking a, a little bit so we went with actually the the lumen by hungry robot which is an interesting pedal because it's uh it gives you uh an independent blend knob for your for your your, your wet dry or it oh, has yeah. a volume knob volume knob for your dry signal so um which is really interesting for for bass because you still get to get all of that like you know uh, character from the from the dirt section but then you still have the ability to kind of bring in as much or as little clean signal as you like um so i'm hoping that that actually comes across well because again these tracks aren't mixed or mastered this is like we recorded them this way and uh the other thing that we always always use in every one of our songs is the uh is the Mellotron. I just, I love the, I love the Mellotron. I'm a big kind of a nostalgia freak, which is the reason why I love using the shallow water. I use the, um, the gen loss quite a bit. And then oh, the, uh, love the gen loss warp vinyl, man, the new, the new one though is pretty crazy. It's, is crazy. I'm looking at both of them. I got the first generation and the second here. Um, but yeah, the uh, Chase Bliss Warp Vinyl too. So I'm using on every song, every song, I, I have the guitar running through a little bit of that. And uh, at times you'll kind of hear these weird kind of like uh, twinkly, bright kind of things, guitars, mm -hmm. and that's usually like the uh, Count the Five and the, um, and the Stammen. So as a bass player, um, well... I don't know, a lot of bass players use um, effects pedals, but I personally have not really dove into using effects pedals until I started with Boy Indigo and Devon kind of just showing me all, like he's got like a, like a candy shop full of pedals. It's amazing, mm -hmm. it's so fun. And um, yeah, so I'm still getting used to using effects, effects pedals on my bass tone because i'm i'm usually like old-fashioned like all we need is a lot of bass and a little bit of mid and treb but um <laughs> yeah so it's been it's been really cool to kind of like dive into that whole realm so i'm super excited about trying out all of his cool pedals yeah. <laughs> but the lumen yeah sounded really good on that that track and then we also have of course the the root you know no tone like just plug straight in track of bass and then we add obviously add the effects as a separate track to go on top of the bass so you kind of get that full rounded feel right that's that's the most important thing that's the hardest thing though i think um in in tracking bases especially with using um distortion for it and um, you know, ad admittedly, it's it is an area in which I actually struggle with. Like recording drums and bass are hard, just because historically speaking, I've always done, especially with like the gear demos and things that I've done. It's always been 
uh, vocals and guitar, which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at doing that. But bass is a lot harder to tackle. So what I always do with bass, if there is going to be any effects in the bass, I record one track clean, just clean, and then we record a track uh, affected so that when it's time to do the mixing and the mastering and things like that, you can kind of like, you can kind of bring it back down, tailor it, you know, you have a little bit more versatility, you know, in the uh, post-production, um, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's kind Super of an important, important thing. Yeah. So are you going direct in only or are you going through a bass amp and then also direct in? For for the bass, we're going through like the uh, we're going direct in, but we're using a preamp. We're using like the Warm Audio. Oh yeah, uh, WA seventy three. It's the one with the EQ on it, mm -hmm. and um, we have their compressor as well. Um, so we, we pretty much go through for that. For live though, she's using um, you're using the she's using a. Um, Mesa Boogie. Mesa Boogie, and she's uh, sponsored the by uh... D eight hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I am sponsored by Mesa Boogie. How cool! And I love their gear. Um, the Subway D eight hundred is super simple, but it it's very powerful. It's a beast. It's got all that vintage mojo. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's basically all I need. I had the Titan V12 before, and that one was like, it was literally a beast. It, it weighed like 50 pounds, and um, it did a lot, and it had, <laughs> had a lot of power. But the, when I got the Subway, and that was like 10 years later, <laughs> they came out with the Subway, and it's eight pounds, which is perfect for me because I can't, lug around 50 pounds and more every time yeah, I go out on tour. Muscles. It's good <laughs> for your back. It in my purse. It's good for yeah. your back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still I mean it's like 800 watts and it's it's huge, but it's got this little tiny little brain. So it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Devon, we've talked about your amps and stuff before, but what do you what are you primarily using for the boy indigo stuff? Yeah, it's it's funny that you know I've got I've got I've got a few amps in there, and um, because a lot of our tracks are more, I would say probably bass is the bass and drums are kind of the more important thing, and then and then vocals obviously, and then um, I've just been getting by with like the a Fender Blues Junior, one of the the newer ones. Um, I do have like a twin and I've got a custom shop, a supersonic, I've got a Kosh, I've got a boutique amp that was made uh, for me uh, that was uh, by Modern Vintage. And um, because I'm kind of like more like just auxiliary sounds and things like that, um, I've been getting by pretty happy with that sound. It doesn't, it's not, it's not big and it doesn't get in the way of everything. It, it lends itself to being pretty dreamy it, it, it just uh it doesn't overstate its its uh its point it's just it's there and it does its thing so i've been kind of using that one quite quite a bit i've been pretty happy with it too so let's talk about this the song itself a little bit more lyrically 
where where were you at when you were coming up with this stuff? Um, <clears throat> I, it, you know, it's a it's a weird thing, um, I, I, and I think with anyone who ever struggles writing lyrics, um, I my I always say to just surrender to whatever the song wants to be. You know, like I I, I came up with a little the guitar melody, which was this that. Uh, you know, arpeggiating on that uh, major seventh, then it, I think it goes to like, what is it? A, um, I forget what it actually goes to, like just the bass note kind of moves up to a D. So it's like a D major seven, and then um, you move that bass note up to the D. So um, in my mind, it, it was just like, um, I know what I wanted the song to be about. You know, at first when I was playing that in, I was like, oh, I wanted it to be about something kind of just like, you know, chill and easy. And, um, <clears throat> but it didn't happen that way. You know, you close your eyes and you just listen to it. And it says, you know, like a wolf in the garden kind of thing. And um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a dark thing, you know. And I think all of our songs kind of more or less kind of um, ride the line uh, pretty, pretty hard on, on more darker themology um than anything than anything else so it was the song is you know the song is about like um that idea of a, a wolf in sheep's clothing you know like it's it's um it's just um you have to kind of always take care of yourself you know like you, you have to like to a certain extent you have to kind of be untrustful of things and uh, this song is about like you know maybe an object of your you know someone you love kind of thing and how they could quite easily like um, you know take advantage of you in the situation um so that's what that is. So it's it's in recognizing that, you know, people can be wolves in sheep's clothes. So that's that's what it was to me. That's what it feels like to me. Um, again, it was like started playing it, close my eyes and mumble out words. And um, I always record myself like it's pull out my phone and just record whatever the words are as I'm playing. And then I'll listen back to it and be like, Oh wow, that's a really good line. Uh, how do I build on that line? And then you know you you write more, and then it just kind of just builds on itself in, in that way. Um, that's the process that I've used. I no longer kind of go into it thinking like this is what I want it to be. It's just more now for me. It's just I surrender to whatever the song wants it to be, and I find it easier to do that. And um, the meaning, the meaning or the identity of it kind of comes out in the wash, you know, like, so to anybody who's ever out there, you know, getting hung up on lyrics, I would say, just close your eyes and sing and just surrender to what it wants to be. And at the end of it all, you know, then you will find the meaning of it, but just don't force it. It's just surrender. And it, it, yeah, it really is. And it comes out that way. So it's like uh -huh. that in a lot of um, artistic things too. Like for me, I, with painting, I've 
realized that as well. It's like, I want so badly for something to come out the way that I pictured in my head and it never does. And it's like, it makes me angry and it's, it's hard work and then surrendering to it, kind of just let it speak for itself. Not every song that you that we write has to be great, you know, or, or mm-hmm. good. And it's just, but you do have to write it, you know. And it, it's funny because even in the failed processes, you know, you, you write a song and at the end of it, you completely hate it. <laughs> I mean, and that, that's all of us. But like it, it exercise, it's great exercise. And the abilities that um, that you gain from even writing a failed song lends itself so much in helping you create a good one the next time around, you know, or there's elements from that song that, you know, maybe you'll be jamming with friends or or bandmates and all of a sudden, you know, that riff that didn't work in that song that you were writing for yourself. Now it works here. So it's, it's important for anyone, any of the creatives out there is it's so important to see it through, you know, regardless of what you think it might be just surrender to it see it through and at some point in time like it's it's going to work out for you it will it always does and it may not be in the way that you think it was going to i had a a track that i did for the for the tom album and it was i i got done with what i thought it was going to be and i came back the next day and i was like well this is hot garbage and it it was it was really bad but then i just and i took all the things in it that that i didn't like and just left with the the main two tracks added some roads over the top of it and i was like oh this is good now cuz this was really bad like when i thought it was done and i had to just scrap you know 3 quarters of what was on it and then go back to the drawing board but the bones were there it's a completely different structure than what i had originally intended it to be so you never know where it might go right and you had a song though too and it's funny like um you going out with your field recorder and recording that guy being you know arrested that was the thing that ultimately set the tone for the entirety of that of that 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 album you put out and it's an interesting thing you know like if you weren't there and in that moment and if you didn't surrender to that moment then like you know it wouldn't have been what it was, you know? So like, I mean, therein lies like the, the proof that like, you just, you never know where any of this will lead, but as long as you see it through, like it's, it's, it's guaranteed to carry you through at a later, at a later time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's, it's something to keep in mind and it's easy to forget about that stuff. Just going with the flow can be really, really helpful. Well, let's get into the next song. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, cool. This next one is called I Can't Feel Alright. On the road
This song got sent to me, unlike the one we just listened to before, I hadn't heard this until yesterday. Mm. And Devon was like, I'm struggling with which of these few songs I want to talk about. You know, what do you think? And I turned this one on and I was like, man, it's going to be really hard not to talk about this one specifically because it's getting me right in my emo boy feels. Like... (laughs) (laughs) It, it uh it's it's so good it's it was and i was instantly i didn't really know it at first obviously and i was immediately just like trying to harmonize and sing along with it like i, I kind of knew where it was going to go and uh in a good way not in a not in a i saw that coming way but you know, like this is this is flowing nicely so how did this one start out um that one was um I picked up the guitar and I, and I knew it's like I needed to write a song for for Instagram. So I'm boy into go like every so often. I want to just um, I want to have some sort of post. Normally it's something in the story, and um, and unlike the Devon Blue demo stuff, like you know I'm allowed to actually show myself and actually be a human being. Um, so I you know, put a little camera on myself and my, and part of my, I give myself writing challenges. And uh, my challenge was to just like, just write a song real quick. And uh, I did it. And I posted that on Instagram and I posted it on Facebook and the, it it received such a warm reception um, that, you know, 
we we had to kind of you know finish finish that one we were set at the time we were like a month out from uh going to a cabin we were renting a cabin to go shoot a video and we had it in our mind that we were going to be doing a different song and you know I did that, started that, you know, and Chelsea liked it and everyone else seemed to like it. So I said, well, let's just let's just write this song, finish this song real quick, and then we will use this um, and put a video to this. And um, I, I mean, that's pretty much how that song kind of came out. Like lyrically, the song is very much um, it's about my grandfather. He, uh, he passed away. Um, he passed away. It was a. It was around. It was a, the year, that that month that I wrote that was the year anniversary of him passing away, and um, I mean a lot of it was about his um, his experience growing up, you know, in, in America, and um, you know we were you're dealing with a lot of the racially charged things that were happening, and it's an interesting thing you can draw. You can draw a line from what's happening, what was happening at that time to around the time my, my grandfather, you know, I, I remember the stories he told me what it was like growing up. So uh, a lot of that was um, that song is it's about my grandfather and his experience um, and how like, you know, it it's become my experience as, as well. So, you know, the song saying that, like, I can't feel all right anymore. It's like, it's the idea that like, you're supposed to kind of grit your teeth and just take these things, you know, and you're supposed to smile doing it and, and you're supposed to be happy about it. You're supposed to be happy that things are changing or, or happy that things are just, you have to be happy. And the characters in this song are saying, well, I, I can't, I, I, you know, I just, I can't do it anymore. You know, I can't be all right anymore. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what that's about. But um, the production on this one was pretty straightforward. I mean, I did get to use a few weird pedals on this one. Um, what sounds like it's a kind of slide guitar slide sounds like a whammy. It's just the, the Digitech Ricochet. Oh, yeah. I, I set it to... Uh, increase to uh increase by a fourth and then i set the attack and decay time relatively uh so the attack is really quick and then the uh no it's slow it's kind of a medium to slow kind of attack and a faster um release on that and um the reverb was like the uh i think it was i'm pretty sure it was like the haunted Lives dark aura and then you'll hear like some kind of patty, kind of glitchy kind of uh, guitars in there too. Um, and that is the Montreal Assembly Count to Five and the um, Drolo Stammen. Pretty much those sounds are in every song. And again, you know, um, there's a there's a Mellotron in there. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. Yeah, so those those things are in every song that I do in, in one way or another. The bass was pretty straightforward in that song. Um, yeah, it was it was one of the more simple songs that we kind of put the bass on the sideline and 
let everything else kind of speak. Yeah, so that one, that one was, that one was, was definitely straightforward on the, on the bass. That one kind of, we just, we went straight through the warm audio, uh, 73 EQ, and um, just kind of pretty much let that happen. And again, those songs, uh, these songs are so untreated. Like, it's just, those are the levels that we recorded them at. Like, um, so it, you it's know, about as raw as it gets, basically. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're they're pretty they're pretty raw yeah we had the goal of like trying to put out a bunch of music this year but because we do all of our own production you know like it's just it takes a lot longer to do it plus we're freelance you know she does her paintings and i do like the videos and it's just it's it's really really hard to um to get it done and it's one of those things where in most instances, you know, after a full day of working, you know, come home and it's like, uh, I still have to work on this. And I do. And, and, and I do. And, and, and that's where um, that's the trick, you know, it's the, the trick for a lot of us because we're all working musicians and whether it is by virtue of the, whether it's by the labors of, of our own, you know, art or, a regular nine to five, like we, we have to, you know, endeavor to, to work on something else for someone else for the larger percentage of the time. But the, the, the key to success is to at least every day, you know, touch your, touch the project, you know, uh, even if it's just something as simple as you just picking up your acoustic guitar and singing the song one more time or figuring out one more line just before you go to bed, like, you know, that's kind of what it takes um so it's it's hard you know and for the most part a lot of it is um our or it's just it's pretty much just us kind of doing this so it's um the harder part is once we once we're like oh my gosh this song is really awesome and we're we're recording it and then that's when the planning starts is like after the song was kind of created and mm-hmm. recorded like we just jam 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 record 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 and then it's like oh okay now we have to do the work like we have to plan you know like the structure of it and kind of you know tighten the tweak a few things tighten a few things and and then yeah Devon does all of that here in his little studio with big gear (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah it's, it's a lot of hard work and he does an amazing job. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I try to help when I can. But... All right. Oh, that seems thanks. like a good a good segue to get into the the big one. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about musically, but also we got to get into the the video to go along with it. But let's uh, let's let the folks listen to fading in and out, and we'll be right back.
Okay, this was a this was a big one. There there is a lot to talk about here. Let's start with the song. You know, kind of go over the the seed of it, and then we'll get to you know where Devon apparently almost drowned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, crazy. I forgot about that part. <laughs> this one was crazy. Actually, this is the first song that I think that we wrote yeah. together. Like this was a song mm-hmm. that like. Uh, me, Chelsea, and John Tocnigos, he's our, our fantastic uh, keyboard player. He lives in Austin, Texas, and we're here in California. So, um, It was this, before he Was moved? it before? I was think it, it was before he left, before he left to, to Texas. Now he kind of just emails in his parts and things like that, which is great. Um, but this was one that we started together in this little small studio and we finished it pretty much um for the most part uh that day um this was the song where we figured out like what our style was going to be and what we wanted to do because Mm -hmm. for for months before we we were jamming and practicing and trying to get the feel for each other and um it was it it was interesting um to to say the least i mean in the song in and of itself it still kind of has that feeling like well what is it you know it's like it's you know it's is it neo soul is it kind of like psychedelic rock what what is it so there's still those underlining notes in in there um and a little bit of jazz um we didn't even have vocals yet yeah it was just more of like you kind of doing your thing where you, you know, kind of just let the words come out and, you know, the melody too. So yeah, it was, um, I feel like it was a little, like after we got the music, it was like a kind of a harder process to kind of put in those, those right lyrics and the vocal melody and everything. Right. And then when we got it, like we, we had it and we yeah. knew that like, all right, this is going to be the one that we make a video for. And the video process on this was, was, was crazy. Like um, the entirety of the video, with the exception of like two shots, maybe three shots, um, were all staged in a garage we had to learn how to make fake walls. We had to learn how to make fake plates. And we we went put to... Put wallpaper on the wall. Put wallpaper on the wall, yeah. <laughs> so we had to do all of that, you know, thrift stores to buy, like, the props and things like that. We went that. to the Denios. Farmer's Market, yeah. Farmer's yeah. Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a bunch of, like... Because it's supposed to be based, like... Like in the 70s, 70s, yeah, retro kind of. So we were looking for like older furniture, more retro style kind of stuff, like magazines we found from the 70s and uh, record player. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was really cool to be able to like, we had to decorate an entire set and we had to do in that same little set that we made, we had to do two different, completely different different rooms. Yeah, it was it was really cool. <laughs> it, was, it was it was cool. It, it it actually challenged us um, in a way because going into that video, I had only shot uh, gear 
tutorial gear demos and stuff like that so um the challenge was in learning how to light actual humans people you know um Mm -hmm. when you're lighting a, a petal that's red you know red is one of those colors uh you know basic guitar pedals it's like you you have far more um you you can you have more air room for mistakes people if you make if you take a video of a red pedal will people will see that pedal and it can be varying shades of red it doesn't really matter but human skin complexion is the one thing that the human eye always recognizes so if a person's skin color isn't right you know, then like, you know, that it's wrong. You just, you know, it's wrong. Right. And uh, so figuring out all of that was hard. And ultimately because of this music video, it's the thing that kind of started landing me um, other jobs, you know, doing small commercial things. The lighting process of this. Exactly. And even for Chelsea though, too, like that's the most (laughs) important thing. She, she did a lot of the uh, costumes, like the masks and stuff like that in that carried on to a lot of the things she does now and now you know we're trying to get her to do more set design for even some of the other videos and things that we do she she's done one she's in another project that she she plays in and she did all of the painted all of the props and 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 did all of that so it's like with regard to doing all of this you know kind of surrendering to the process of you know creation you start learning that like there are other you know, opportunities for you and other routes by which you can still kind of, you know, maturate. And they all still lead to this, all of the roads kind of diverge, but they all inevitably lead in the same direction, you know? And um, it was crazy. It was one of those things we were willing to do everything and anything to get this done. There's this one shot where I, I did, yes, I almost drowned getting, I have a, extreme phobia of of water large bodies water even and even it was his idea to do yeah it, it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my idea to do this like I, even if like too much water in the shower hits my face i'm like i i, I panic a little it's bit like, so i don't care if i almost die we gotta get this shot. yeah <laughs> there's this shot where you've got this guy who's like sitting in a in the in a bathtub and then all of a sudden these black hands come out to push him under the water and then the very next shot is of him being in a large body of water and we did that by like so we started off in the bathroom shot it shot it on a tripod and then the hands come in to push him under the water then the next shot cuts to him falling being falling in a pool a deep a deep pool for me it's deep because i i cannot I cannot swim. So I used a friend's uh, swimming pool and I told him about the idea for the shot. And he was like, I was like, my idea initially was that I would fall in the shallow end, five feet. I'd put a camera, situate a camera to the bottom of the pool and I would fall backwards into five foot, five foot. Well, the problem with that shot was twofold. One, there wasn't enough distance between the camera and me to really make an impact. And then the second thing was um, when I fell into the pool initially at the five-foot five put marker, it pushed my camera, which was my phone, all the way to the uh, deepest end. And uh, my friend was like, well, 
I think you should fall in over there. I think it'll be better. And then he says, when you fall in, just fall all the way to the very bottom of the pool and uh, I'll come in and get you. And I was like, wait, what? He was like, <laughs> do it. Trust me. I, I will, I will get you. I'll get you. And like, I, I really wanted to get this shot. I was, I really wanted to get the shot. So I did it. I fell backwards into the pool and I cannot swim. And it was a horrifying experience and it felt like it was lasting forever. And the second my back hit the, the bottom of the pool, you know, I pushed myself up and I'm, you know, flailing about and I'm drowning. I was drowning for about 20 seconds. He was having such a hard time, like grabbing me because like, I'm like, I'm drowning. You know, I, he's, you know, and he's thrashing around. To, yeah. Yeah. So he was trying to grab me while still holding on to the edge of the pool is what he was doing. So he was reaching to get, to get in and grab me. And uh, I was, I was drowning for, for 20, 30 seconds. And then he finally grabbed me and pulled me out. And, uh, I laid there on the on the ground and I, I thought I am not doing that again. Whatever we got from that shot. That's what we got. <laughs> it has to work. And it was perfect. It was perfect. It was so perfect. It was perfect. I, and you know even and, with the hands, like your hands going down. Reaching out reaching for out yeah. for for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was an accident. And, but, uh, and yeah. And it just ended up working. Um I would I don't know. Maybe I would do it again. I mean, I would do something like that again. Like, I mean, yeah. Or you could just learn how to swim. I was going to say, why don't we get you some swimming lessons first? Uh, I want now. It's too too late for me. Now it's like anywhere, anytime I'm near water, I've got like floaties around my, like, around my arm. Fun noodle. Life of Yeah, and I got the little noodle. Just the noodle. That's all you need. (laughs) Full on scuba gear. I I have one, you know, behind my arms. I put my arms back, and then I got one that I'm sitting on in the water too. So I got double noodle fun. No, no, I want scuba gear. In the pool. (laughs) Scuba gear in the pool. But I want. But I'm not going underwater. Ones with like the fishbowl over your head and the tube that goes to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm that's what i want so it was it was crazy it was it was a crazy video and when we made the fake plates there's this scene at the end of the video where uh you know my wife was the one she was throwing plates at me she was she was charged with it and then she enjoyed it way too much i was gonna say she's been waiting to do that forever yeah, right? she's was, been waiting uh, for a long time to do that fake plate that we made we oh that's right so when you're when you're making fake plates you have to test them out they have to be thin enough to shatter yeah so you have to figure out what the appropriate ratio is so you know um what are they made out of uh plaster of paris okay okay some use some people like to use sugar but um we wanted something expensive it was way too expensive yeah it was it would be way too expensive to do it that way. And um, we researched this for a while. It was, we even got those, um, those plates that they use at the, weddings. Yeah, we got, yeah. We the, got, the, the, those were way too hard. They, they would not shatter like we were hoping. And then, um, yeah, we finally thought of, who thought of it? It was like you and Nick. 
a classroom in Paris and and then we bought a bunch of like super cheap plastic plates and we just use it those as the mold yeah we yeah. use those as the mold like put two plates and sandwich the plaster in between the two plates and you press down and you get some of them were too thin they broke immediately some of them were so thick that there was no way that they would break but we did use the we used the, the we one used super thick one super thick one to i got hit in the back of the head with it so we had the idea to have the shot where like these black weird black hands kind of smashes the uh, protagonist in the back of the head with the plate and but you have to i got hit in the back of the head with that plate and you had to it was a thick plate <laughs> and you had to like look unaffected that was the idea of that shot was that like he chaos was happening yeah and uh chelsea and i had to be like i was reading a it. magazine and mm-hmm. he was just staring off into and uh, and, and all nothing. the while like you could i got hit with that thick plate in the back of my head and it was it was quite a thought and i had to do my best to just not you be like one shot oh my god what the fuck um and but, the wife she's like i got this i got this yeah, my wife, she's like i, she's like, I can't wait yeah, to she, hit him in the head <laughs> we, we smashed we smashed so many plates and the whole thing though like the very opening shot of that is like one plate zipping by just it touched it touched my nose <laughs> and that wasn't part of the uh that wasn't part of it that wasn't supposed to happen that way she was supposed to throw the plate toward the back wall but it it came like it was coming straight from my face. And at the last possible second, it, it angled uh, to my left. And uh, that was a hard shot because they were throwing fake plates at mm-hmm. Chelsea and I while we sat there and acted like nothing was happening. <laughs> so bits and pieces Sounds of plates easy, were but... still hitting us and stuff like that. And so... then also behind the camera, there's all of our friends laughing and throwing things at us and just having a really good time. Yeah. It was... <laughs> so we couldn't laugh. It was because... fun for them. It was, it was a lot of fun <laughs> for them. And uh, uh, it was yeah. painful and messy, messy for us. Getting and, it in our eyes yeah. and in our hair. I think one like skimmed my forehead. It was yeah. already broken. They were just throwing broken pieces after the plates were already broken. And it was it was chaos. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the one. So yeah, we we put everything, everything into this that was... video. This was the first video that we did on our own. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, it took, honestly, it took almost a year for us to do all of these very important scenes just because we had such a a big team at the time helping us. Well, well it wasn't a big for team. That, for that one shot, we had a bunch of people helping us for that. But for the most part, it was just myself, Chelsea, and uh, Nick Musser. Nick is the uh he was he was actually he was the man behind behind the camera and ultimately he's the person who actually has taught me everything about uh, about videography you know and we still we shoot things still today to this day and uh I, I you know I can't thank him enough and furthermore you know it was uh Chelsea was his roommate at the time and we shot the video in their in their garage mm-hmm. and um like you know you know if nick actually you know ever listens to this podcast which i'm sure he will you know uh, just 
want to you know thank you and, and uh, yeah tell you how much we, we, we love you yes and, thank uh, you so much yeah he, he was he, he's a great videographer he's been doing it for a while he is he taught me everything so anytime anyone sees like one of my demos and thinks like god this guy is good like you know I learned a lot of it from I learned a lot of it from Nick and still still do the the only reason why it took so long is because they would spend most of the time working on the lighting. Yeah, like two or three <laughs> I, hours. We, I had to learn hours. how to be patient. Which and then she's I tried not to... very patient. She gets so grumpy, especially when she's hungry. She just starts sh- shouting, why are you guys doing this so long? Just move the light just over move it. there. Put, put it right there. And she would move the light and we would be like, Oh, that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they'd just be fixated on all the different colors. Small, like, oh, this one would look. What if we combined details. these lights with this one and and that corner over there with that corner? It was, but it's everything. Lighting, lighting is everything. It really is, and um, it was really. I'm super thankful that you know Nick had all of this knowledge to and Devon's super into it too. And, you know, them working together to get that lighting for, to make the the feel of that scene is it's so important. And I'm so happy that, you know, we do take that time because a lot of people don't realize lighting is everything. It captures the feel of what you're trying to make you know that and all of the props and it's funny that that's always been the thing like even in the demos that i do like props are so important so everything we used was era specific like even down Mm -hmm. to the magazines to the magazines we found at a you know at a kind of a vintage thrift store kind of thing and they're from the 70s times magazines from the 70s you know the coffee pot was from the 70s there's just lots of things that were definitively from that era the couch itself was from the 60s and 70s so it was just it's just a lot of things like that the television too so it was um the real to real the real to real yeah Mm -hmm. man dude everything so we um yeah Oh, uh, trying to find that TV. Oh, trying to find that, oh find God. that orange TV. <laughs> eBay. I think we finally found it on eBay, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It on eBay. It's like just... it might work. We just want it to have fuzz. <laughs> we want it to, have <laughs> we want it to turn on. <laughs> yeah. Where did the original concept for the 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 whole thing? There's kind of a there seems to be a a underlying theme and plot to the whole thing where did that concept come from me i did the storyboard for it um and it's so interesting though because you know you when i created the storyboard for it i do it in video format so i I cut a lot of images from the internet and pictures and things like that and i put them on a timeline and played it with the music so that and then had you know text to explain what was happening what what was Mm -hmm. And um, the original, so the idea of it was that, like, um, we give so much control to to things, you know, like to, to our smartphones, to technologies, um, without taking into consideration 
what happens when like the control we give those things to to make our lives easier what happens when they decide to make things worse and in knowing that they do have the capacity to make things worse so it's that kind of idea about like relying wholeheartedly and heavily on like these things that make our life easier because you know just as they make your life easier they can inevitably irrevocably like make it worse um so that was the idea for it. And in my mind, it was so matter of fact, you know, but it wasn't until like we started shooting it that I realized how weird it was and how eerie uh, it all kind of came out to be. I thought of it in my mind that it would be kind of tongue in cheek and it would be kind of, but when you see it, like it's, it's really dark and, and ominous. And again, that's one of those instances where we kind of, um, surrendered to what that wanted to be there was a shot where like they were just destroying things outside and that whole chaotic scene and it was like that's what the that's what it wanted that's what the process you know wanted and i i don't think that we ourselves said that this is the way we want it to be you know it's kind of just happened it, it kind of just happened and we just went with it you know like you have to as an artist you know like we we are so in tune to like these outer forces, you know, like when you sit down to create something, when you sit down, put a guitar in your lap or sit down to a, you know, a blank canvas, like there's nothing there. There's nothing there, but you have the capacity to create something, you know? And, and I say this all the time, you have the ability to create something in light of just everything else that have come before but you can still make something new you know as a musician there are only really a handful of chords there you know but like you can still make something new and um you know uh, i think a huge part of that process and that's the kind of the underlining theme of this whole thing is just to know when to conquer but know when to surrender you know it's like uh, i i know you can hold on but can you let go too and, and and I think that that's was with the whole boy indigo thing has been been for us. It's just been like a huge artistic outlet um, for for both of us and and for John who plays keys for us. He couldn't be here because he's in Texas, but um, he uh, but it's he did call us. Earlier, he did call us today. Left. Yes, before all of this. <laughs> and so, says hi. He says hi to everybody. <laughs> But uh, that's the thing I, I would like to say about this band once again that I find so fascinating with it is, you know, Devon, you know, has these ideas and, you know, you to to make something a reality, it doesn't just take one person, it takes the right people to right. make it a reality. And it's so 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 hard to find people who are like yeah let's just go with it let's like let's make this amazing you know and then there's those closed off people that are like no 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 i want it this way i want it i want it exactly this way and it's like with any type of project it's it's really hard to like work with someone who is like that and and it causes things to kind of go backwards instead of forward and that's what I love so much about this project is everyone that we have 
working with us. I mean, it's, it's not a, a big group of people, but it's just like with Nick Musser, when he was doing that video with us, you know, he came up with a lot of great ideas on the spot as well, you know, as well as Devon, as well as me. And um, it's, it's just, it's pretty amazing how, how far you can go when you're with the right like-minded people right yeah when everyone is kind of just surrendering to the process like you know not so much worried about the outcome of of it more fall in love with the process of it and if you fall in love with the process of a thing then like you know you're guaranteed success it will uh, do wonders yeah for it'll, sure. do, it'll do wonders so that's where we're at with all of this and it's been fun and fading in and out, I I did want to say something back to the music before we went into video, but I didn't want to interrupt or anything. But with the music aspect of the the lyrics, uh, Devon usually writes all the lyrics, but I am a little um, poet as well. And I always That's send right. him random That's stuff right. that is like, huh, whatever, this was going through my head one day and I just wanted to give it to you. But we we had a section in it where we just couldn't figure out what to put in lyrically vocally the chorus yeah yeah, yeah. and that was back we and forth here. fading we here and we were, were here. humming yeah. you were humming those words and i was like oh that's perfect i was like it has to be a so, chant it has yeah. to be a chant and um yeah that's that's how we came up with that part and um i love that about devon too he takes my poetry which is it's it's pretty dark i mean i'm a, i'm a i'm a happy person but like yeah you know i, I got a dark mind sometimes and and he loves it and i just i i'm like cool man like i feel i feel so like awesome because you know i always i always write that stuff and and i don't show it to anyone because it's like oh is there something wrong with you are you okay do you want to hug <laughs> whoa it's just it's 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 my fuel i don't know it's I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I just have like a dark poetic mind, I guess. But yeah. there's another song though too. Um Yeah, there's a couple of songs. What was that song? It, it's actually it's the one that is out on Spotify. It's uh, Look Inside Me. Look Inside Me and she started off with um an excerpt from a poem of hers. She she sent me um a poem that she she wrote and I was like, "Oh, that's such a good good idea." And then I just add it to it. Um, That's what's great too, is he yeah. just, he makes like my random rants into more of a melody, like a lyrical melody. And it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. He'll just feed off of whatever I give him. And I feel, I feel honored because he's such an amazing poet that he doesn't even need me, but like, when I'm like, hey man, I, I got I got some poems for you. He's like, send them over. <laughs> so that's that's amazing. That's yeah, fun. I just wanted to put that in there too. I think I really I relate to you a lot, Chelsea, with that. Like I'm usually like, yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, good times. And I like was showing my dad some of the stuff and explaining him some of the inspirations behind some of the stuff. Where he's like, he's looking at me. He's like. Are you all right? Like he's like he's like that's he's like There's that's pretty. You can call. You know? He's like that's pretty dark. He's like that's pretty dark. I was expecting <laughs> your your album like when it when it came out the way that it came out. 
and I, and I listened to the whole entire thing. And that's the thing. That's the key thing. It's like you have to listen to the entire thing to like get it. It's one of those things where if you put that album on shuffle and one of the songs kind of come in, you'd be like, wait a minute, what's happening? But like when you listen to it from like start to finish, then like you, you really get an idea of it. I did not expect for that from you at all there was so many so much field recordings in there like the whole thing actually just felt more like an artistic statement um than than anything for me that's what I, I i took from it but i was half expecting like a lot of like either dr- like super drony guitars or like heavier stuff i thought for sure kind of heavier alt rocky stuff yeah but that's that's crazy though you know like that's again surrender to the process and then you know exactly yeah just let it happen because and that's what i did with that too you know and a lot of that was you know because you kept telling me that over and over again so (laughs) (laughs) i was like all right let's just uh let's just do it and uh, that's awesome yeah but yeah i think this has been this has been a really fun episode and a really cool way to to change it up and uh yeah i think this is this is gonna i think people are really gonna like this this is a a different format but we have the opportunity to be able to do it because we don't have a a lot of people don't know this and a lot of podcasts kind of disregard this and just do it anyway but they're when you have labels and you know multiple fingers involved when it's like a less independent production you're not technically supposed to play music on podcasts that like is owned by somebody else there's exceptions and there's ways there's you know there's fair use in certain contexts and whatever but like we couldn't play a full song like if i had john mayer on the podcast this label wouldn't let me play the whole song for free you know (laughs) type of thing um so this is a a lot of people don't know that about podcasts and music. There are those that do it and spot and there are Spotify exclusives that have the ability to do it because they have so much of that infrastructure built in. But this podcast is everywhere. So can't do that. Anyway, all that to say is this was a unique opportunity and I'm glad you guys were down to do it. And this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome. And oh, so yeah. nice to meet you, Blake. Yes. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah, this was this was rad. So to anyone out there, I would say, you know, this should be airing, I think, on May Your birthday, 6th, which is my birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. So thank you. Thank you. So uh, if you can find the fading in and fading out video in the description section, you will see links uh, for pre-saving uh, the song. It'll it'll be coming out May 14th, I believe, on all platforms. So uh if you could do that that would be awesome and then watch the video leave some comments let us know that uh you found the video by by way of tone mob and uh we want to have a discussion with you guys and um, be a part of our indigo tribe yeah we, we love to hear from you all and especially other creatives yes. like that's yeah and collaborate with other creatives because mm-hmm. you know like we we are a band of good vibes. Yes. Good vibes. <laughs> Very good vibes. <laughs> yeah. All that information will be in the show notes. And if you're you know, a member of the Tone Mob Facebook group, I'll put those links in the post for this as well. So you can easily find that stuff. 
but yeah, go give Devon a birthday present for his 19th birthday. Uh, 19th, you know, that's it. Yep. Happy nineteenth uh, birthday! I'll do Devon. that again. Yeah. <laughs> You're going so, down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like Benjamin Button. Yeah, I, that's too. another thing about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go give him a birthday present. Give that a pre-save. Give it a spin. Check it out. And seriously, it's awesome stuff. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had him on so many times if I didn't really believe that. So. Oh. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's really yeah, amazing. Thanks, <laughs> of course. Happy to be a part of it this time. Chelsea, I, I'm going to give this last question to you because okay. this is your first time on the podcast. And uh, it would be, I'd be in trouble with everyone if I didn't at least get to this at least once. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I'm nervous. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Ooh. Oh, well, <laughs> I think people are still going to hate me. <laughs> oh, no. I am a vegetarian, <laughs> but I love okay. pizza. I love um, all types of veggie pizza, but I have to say, I'm just going to go simple with this. My f- all-time favorite pizza is just cheese and bread sauce, spicy marinara sauce. That's that's good with me. Um, maybe a little bit of garlic on it, too. You like a thin crust? Do you have a favorite pizzeria? Um... Well, in Sacramento, well, Folsom, there's Pizzeria Classico. That's my my old time since I was a kid favorite place to go to. Um, I do like the thinner crust pizza. And, oh, my God, I'm so hungry just talking about this right now. <laughs> oh, what are you doing to me? I'm getting angry. <laughs> hey, you and me both. I, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm always recording these just before lunchtime and I get to the pizza <laughs> question and I'm like, oh man. Mm, but I have, I have a little secret though. It's kind of like the Incredible Hulk is always angry. I'm always hungry. So, <laughs> so it yep, just is what it is. He gets mad at me because like every time we're like talking, I'm always eating or he comes over. I'm just eating more food. He'll bring me chocolate because he knows... He's yep. like, all right, just here you go. Recording days, <laughs> I have to have candy. Gummy on. bears. Where's my gummy bears? <laughs> gummy bears. <laughs> it's it's true. It's very very. You got to keep your blood sugar, you know, at an optimal level for maximum creative output. I think. Exactly. I think that's the Thank idea. you. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, for Devon and Chelsea, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, folks, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that one. I really, really enjoyed the format mix-up. I enjoyed getting to check out new songs before, you know, the general public. That's always a treat. And you got to hear them, too. So please, please go to wherever you stream music and pre-save the Boy Indigo music and stream what's already there. By doing that, not only are you getting glorious music in your ears, you are also helping support the artists. So yeah, thank you very much to Chelsea and Devon for coming on again. Please go check them out on all the socials. Check out Boy Indigo wherever you stream yet again. And again, huge shout out to Sweetwater for making this possible and helping support these artists and helping support this podcast. Love them. They're treating us really good. And please go support them so we can continue doing this thing. All right, everybody. 
I'll talk to you very soon. Please hit me up wherever, you know, shoot me that text, uh, shoot me an email, shoot me a carrier pigeon, a DM, whatever. Hit me up in the Facebook group. Let me know what you thought of this one. I'd love to do more. So keep me in the loop. All right, I'll talk to you very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.